Doctor and the War on CAC 11, Part 2, written by Adam Brooks. This is the source of the light, down here. And it appeared to be an opening through the fabric of space-time. Light poured from it like water over a waterfall. Right now, the two sides are racing to build missiles in an attempt to destroy each other. Oh no. If anything, anything at all upsets that dimensional crack, everything could be destroyed. Everything in the universe. At one end of the canyon, in a large oval-shaped building, dozens of soldiers in blue uniforms were sitting and looking at computer monitors. Two soldiers walked in, escorting a brown-suited man who walked to the middle of the room and sat in the central chair. How is the progress coming on the missile? Sir, we're less than a cycle away. Good, but not good enough. We need to complete ours before our enemy completes theirs. Aye, aye, sir. In an almost mirror image building at the opposite end of the canyon was an eerily similar room wherein sat dozens of soldiers in green uniforms looking at computer monitors. Two soldiers arrived escorting a man wearing a black suit who walked to the middle of the room and sat in the central chair. How is the progress coming on the missile? Sir, we're less than a cycle away. Not good enough. We need to complete ours before the enemy has a chance to complete theirs. Aye, aye, sir. Just as this mirror dance was taking place at either end of the valley, beneath the surface, three people were discussing events. We have to stop those missiles. Well, obviously. I tried to negotiate peace over the years, but eventually I gave up. I'm sure you must have made some progress. Can I see your notes? I am a doctor after all. Certainly. Did you figure something out? Yeah. To stop both sides, we'll have to split up. Still got your comlink, Terry? Yep. Okay, good. Gildan, can you go with Terry? Yes. We should travel through the sewer pipes again so as not to be seen by the armies above. Looking forward to it. Not. Inside the building filled with green uniformed soldiers, the black-suited man walked into a side room with only a framed picture on one wall, which he studied briefly and then tilted. A door opened in the blank wall behind it and the man entered a secret room. This one featured a mirror on one wall to which he bowed. A dark hooded figure appeared in the mirror. Yes, what is it? The missile nears completion. Less than a cycle remains. Good. Good. But do not let your enemy beat you. You must finish him off as quickly as possible. This is my intention. And then will you give me what you promised? Yes, I will return unscathed to you. At the same time this was happening, but at the opposite end of the valley in an oval building, the man in the brown suit knelt before a similar mirror. Then she will be mine? Yes. Yes, thank you, Lord. I must go. There's a situation developing. He hastily exited the mirror room, through to the room with the picture frame, which he tilted back to the horizontal, closing the secret door. Gelden, who's this with you? Zevon, greetings. This young man's name is Terry. Please, turn on the visualizer. I want to try to negotiate a piece one last time before I die. Very well, if you must. But you must know it's pointless every other time. Terry? Oh, hey, I can see you in 3D. That room looks just like ours, except it's full of blue soldiers. At that timely moment, the man in the black suit came into the green oval room. 
Hello. Who are you? And what's the visualizer doing? Don't harm her, Kazuya. She is a Time Lord. Completely impartial. Geldin, what do you want? As if I couldn't guess. You probably won't listen to me, so I hope you will listen to the Doctor. Gentlemen, fighting never solves anything. I bet you can't even remember why you're both fighting this destructive war. No, you are wrong. We know exactly why. Ooh, what do you have to settle? Mm -hmm. It is simple. Which of us shall be happy and which shall die? I understand your loss, truly I do, but this is no way to suffer the pain of that loss. It seems you speak from experience and knowledge, yet only one of us can walk into the light after this. You think so, but if you do this, you will carry the darkness with you forever. Such wisdom. Wisdom or not, this must end today. Today. At this critical point, the soldier came running into each of the operations rooms. Sounds complete, sir. The cliff face seemed to explode outwards as the missiles launched clear of the silos simultaneously and sped towards their targets at the opposite ends of the valley. As the two missiles rocketed to the halfway point of their flight, they suddenly collided in a huge mushroom cloud of white smoke and darkness followed. Terry, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Where are we? They were standing in a totally white world surrounded by an all-pervading mist. So strange. This place feels the same as when we went back into the pre-universe. So is that where we are? Kronos isn't going to find us and finish us off, is he? Well, hopefully not. We better try and find our way out before something does, does, does. How'd we even get here? One minute I've seen a valley explode and then the next... Must have been the dimensional crack losing stability. Swallowing us, I suppose. Terry suddenly disappeared into the mist. Terry? 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 Doctor? Terry? Out of the mist before the doctor stood a young girl with blonde bobbed hair and black framed glasses. Um, who are you? I'm the doctor, and who are you? No way, the doctor's a man. I'm Terry. You're not the Terry I'm looking for, he's a boy. Doctor? Terry? Terry? Yep, here. Yeah. There you are. And, um, who's she? Careful. Don't touch her. Why not, Doctor? Terry? Terry? What? Who said that? Terry? Out of the mist stepped a man with short, dark hair, wearing a black suit with no tie. Terry? Doctor? I'm over here. Ah, there you are. Who are these two? She said she's the doctor. He says he's a Terry too, like me. Hello, everyone. I think we are outside of space and time, in a place of infinite possibility. This way, that way, the choices worse than the wardrobe section of the quest are. What does all that mean? We must be from gender opposite universes. A dark slit opened up slowly in front of them. It rapidly widened and within it appeared the dark hooded figure from the mirror. So you have figured it out. Well done. But how annoying it is. And who's this guy you think? I am I have achieved many great things through my cunning manipulations. 
But in a way, I have to thank my victims who readily act upon the situations I have given them. Like you, Doctor. So you're trying to control everything? For example? It was I, I who manipulated your former friend, the Mastermind, during his regeneration, turning him against you and the Time Lords. I manipulated the virus into the Matrix. When Terry walked into the time machine and hit the switches on the console, I sent you to the pre-universe via my planet so you could free Kronos for me. I manipulated the crack, the death of Talia, and this war, and so, so much more you don't even know. Why? What for? Yes. <laughs> That's for me to know. And you to do. Why tell me all this? Well, it's simple. I have no more use of you. You are only but a microscopic cog in my plan. Are you finished? Did you think that you would fill me with despair? All you've managed to do is motivate me to stop you in your psychotic plans. From behind the manipulator trundled a large robot with a blaster instead of a left arm. Now you see the instrument I have chosen for your death. And you will see everything in your life has been designed by my hand. The manipulator held out a blood-red right hand towards the robot. Kill the doctors. The others will have no hope of escape without them. Remember how I said not to touch? Well, now's the time to... Both Terry's ran towards one another as the robot fired its blaster, hitting the female doctor. Quick, Terry, grab my hand. There was an all-embracing flash of light and everyone was knocked out. The doctor slowly aroused from her unconscious state and found herself on top of the cliff. She turned painfully to see her Terry sprawled on the ground beside her and in the distance, the Questar. I haven't got much time left in this life. But first, I have to get you back to the Questa. Come on, Terry. I'll tell you a story as we go. It becomes far off in the universe in the constellation of Kasturbaris was the planet Gallifrey with its red and orange colours. The Doctor eventually wrestled Terry back from the cliff and into the Questa. Dropping him as carefully as she was able, she launched the Questa. Pod couldn't do anything for the doctor, but it has fixed your leg, so. Doctor, wake up! Not breathing. What do they do in RPA? Check pulse. Oh, great, don't, don't die. Because I don't want to be stuck in the quest forever. This can't be the end, is it? The end? It's far from being all over. Suddenly, the doctor started to glow gold, and a light appeared to dance all over her body. The light pulsed rapidly, growing blindingly brighter with every second. And then it slowly diminished until it vanished entirely. Lying where the doctor had fallen was a young lady looking about 19 or 20 Earth years old with medium length light brown bobbed hair. Who? Who are you? Oh, you're terrific, terrified, terrified. 
informed? Terry, that's right. Just Terry. Luma, you know my name. And who are you? I'm the Doctor. Doctor who? Formed by an all-volunteer cast featuring Diane Smith, Michael Rutter, Rowena Dinsmore, Trevor Sneath, Carlos Anon, Jasper Singh, Carolyn Rutter, Royce Scale, Adam Brooks, Moira Seward. Edited by Carolyn Rutter and Trevor Sneath. The music from this episode is Dystopia by McKinnamasound.com. Between Mirrors by Alex Doan. Longing for Home and The Syrian Dawn by R. Sonor from the Free Music Archive. Visit the Dr. Audio Adventures.wordpress.com for full sound effects credits, artwork, and more.